the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, they were really having a tear fest in uh, Congress yesterday. The uh, libs, very upset, very upset that uh, Ilhan Omar of Minnesota was uh, knocked off the uh, committee at uh, House Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, she's a rampant anti-Semite, and uh, she gave well. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, was uh, an excuse, I guess. Uh, an allowance or something. Uh, this past weekend, when she was on the Sunday news shows, uh, as to all the things that she has said over the years that were very anti-Semitic, uh, including that uh, you know Jews rule the world and that it's all about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins is what she said. There are many examples of her um, saying things about Jewish people that play to every awful stereotype about Jews. Uh, Here's uh, Ilhan Omar's defense for her rampant anti-Semitism. So when you apologized uh, for the all about the Benjamins comment, you said anti-Semitism is real, and I'm grateful for Jewish allies and colleagues who are educating me on the painful history of anti-Semitic tropes. What did you learn? A lot. Um, I certainly did not or was not aware that the word hypnotize uh, was a trope. Um, I wasn't aware um, of, of the fact that there are tropes about Jews and money. Um, that has been a very enlightening uh, part of, of this journey. She was not aware that there were tropes about Jews and money. She was not aware of that. Okay. Well, welcome to uh, 1925, Ilana <laughs> Come on. What a ridiculous lie that is. So they were whining and complaining, and Rashidi Tlaib broke down in tears, and AOC's ranting and raving. Here's a story, and they're, and they're, and they're accusing, uh, of course, Republicans of being what? Racist, because Ilan Omar is, you know, she's a Muslim and she's black, and so it's got to be anti-Semitic that she's knocked off a committee. It can't be, can't be that she's unfit because she married her brother, or it can't be because she's unfit because she's uh, reviled Jewish people for years and years and years. So the Dems are really super upset about the racism of Republicans. Yet, I haven't heard any of them talk about this story out of New Jersey, and I didn't see it on the nightly news last night, and you won't see it either. But a New Jersey councilwoman was assassinated Wednesday night in her SUV. And nobody's talking about it. Why? Well, because Eunice Dwumfor, 30 years old, a single mom, is a Republican. 
She was shot multiple times, pronounced dead at the scene. And just envision in your mind what kind of play this might be getting in the national media if Eunice Dwumfor were a Democrat. And she was gunned down in the middle of the night. Not even the middle of the night. It was you know decent hour of the night. She was just coming home. And would there be coverage of, look at this, right-wing extremism, look at this, militia people shooting black elected officials. No, you haven't heard a word about it. This is a Republican black city council member shot to death. You can say, well, you know, it's not politically motivated, it's probably a boyfriend who was wronged or some kind of something. Yeah, it could be. My point is, it's not being reported. Not because it's not tragic, not because it's not a crime. It's not being reported because she's the wrong political party. She's the wrong political party. Her death, here's a question. She's a black woman politician. Will Kamala Harris be injecting herself in Eudis Dwumfor's memorial service? Will Kamala Harris? Will Al Sharpton be giving the eulogy at Eunice Dwumfor's funeral? Because he gave the eulogy and so did Kamala Harris at Tyree Nichols' funeral. Which to me, I don't understand this. I said the other day, if I'm Tyree Nichols' family in Memphis, I don't want the hassle of people who actually knew and met Tyree Nichols, had their life impacted by Tyree Nichols, had a personal relationship with him, or even a casual relationship with him. Did did Kamala Harris, did she happen to know Tyree Nichols? What a coincidence. Black man beaten to death by five police officers in Memphis. And he happened to be a friend of Kamala Harris. Maybe they went to college together. Maybe they dated once. Maybe Tyree's cousin twice removed was on Kamala Harris's campaign staff. Any of that? No. No. Any tie between Al Sharpton and Tyree Nichols? No. Will Ben Crump, the race-baiting attorney who grifts millions of dollars off representing black families when there's a police officer involved, justifiably or not, in the black person's death, will Ben Crump be representing the family of Eunice Dwumfor, her her kids? In a wrongful death suit, will the Justice Department even invest any effort in finding the person who murdered her? If you had to bet, what would you think? This is where we are in our country right now, in that you can be the victim of a crime, but then there have to be several boxes checked. Hey, we have a victim. They've been murdered. Okay. That used to be like all hands on deck. Let's find out who murdered the person. Now it's like, okay, well, what's their race? Oh, they're black. Okay, let's get really interested in that. We might be able to leverage that for our political gain. Wait, wait, are they Democrat? Oh, no, she was an elected Republican. Okay, you know, our case, we are swamped. Our case log, we are just. You should see the stack of papers on my desk 
We'll get to, I promise you, once I get through this stuff, it'll leap to the top of the pile. I promise. Hey, Vice President Harris, there's a black councilwoman in New Jersey assassinated in her SUV outside her house. Would you like to go speak at her funeral? I'm really sorry. I, I, I'd love to. I would really love to. But, um, you know, as luck would have it, I have to speak to a group of astronauts. Did you hear Kamala the other day speaking to a group of astronauts? I know you're going to listen to her here and you're going to think, is she, is she talking to the fifth grade? <laughs> no, no. This is Kamala Harris the other day talking to a group of NASA astronauts. If you were going to talk to a group of NASA astronauts, would you talk to them like this? Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, you knew we had to get the cackling Cruella DeVille laugh at the end. She's talking to astronauts. Now, thankfully, she didn't uh, cackle like the Wicked Witch of the West when she was at Tyree Nichols' funeral. But this is so, you know, the Biden administration says, we're transparent. Yeah, you are transparent. I can see through everything you do. If it doesn't have an ounce of possible political gain in it, then you want no part of it. I hope they find the person who murdered Eunice Dwumfor. And I'll tell you what, if it turns out to be politically motivated... Well, that will tie an anchor to it and drop it down the memory hole forever. We will have Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network on with us at 12.05. Jack joins us every Friday. And then at 12.30 today, if you missed our interview the other day with Robert Cooperman of Stage Right Theatrics, I'm going to replay a portion of it because tonight... Tomorrow and Sunday, the Abbey Theater of Dublin, uh, Robert is presenting to the community, both in person and via live stream, uh, the seventh annual theater festival of the Natural Theater. The Natural Theater is a theater, he says, that um, does not traffic in the themes that are so often portrayed in movies and theater these days, which is to treasure and prize victimhood, but instead to uphold the values and the foundational principles that our country began with and will only survive if we get back to. So in case you did not hear about the Abbey Theater and what they're doing at Stage Right Theatrics, I want to give you the chance to rehear that at 1230 today. Now, speaking of being on the phone, Producer Pam, I saw you on the phone in the last segment and... uh, Yet no caller came on the phone right. with me. What is going? What do you got? Something going on over so there on the phone? We we have wonderful listeners, and uh, there are three options that you have. 
You can call the radio station, give me your name and where you live and what your topic is so that Bruce knows and I type it up and he sees it on a screen and he can call you up on the air. The other options you have are to email Bruce, bruce at salemmedia.com. Yes, just like Edward did. Edward said we should capture that Chinese balloon and force it to follow Kamala Harris (sighs) and subject it to endless loops of her speaking. Yes, Uh, (laughs) Edward sent that to bruce at salemmedia.com. So that's the way you get a message to Bruce, or you can call after the show, after 1 p.m., and the phone line, same phone number, Mm -hmm. and it goes into a voicemail, and Aaron takes care of the voicemails. Yes, and then I get those via email. If you call the online number while we're live, the expectation is that I'm asking for your name, where you're calling from, and your comment so that I can let Bruce know and he can put you on the air. I can't take messages because I'm running the big board on this side of the glass for two radio stations and rolling computers behind me. So I apologize. I'm, I am a bit in a hurry and the last caller was frustrated with me and I wanted to make sure that person knows we want your message, but please do it in a different way. So the Thank last you. caller was frustrated with you. Yes. Speaking of uh, Because I was trying to give him your email address yes. or call after one and leave a voicemail so that he would hear your voice. But he didn't want to go on the air. It's a talk show. Mm. We take live calls. Yes. Right now. Uh, speaking of frustration, it boiled over last night at Ohio State. The uh, typically mild-mannered coach, Chris Holtman, was ejected from a game by an official whose uh, frustration got the best of him. Uh, that official uh, did not allow... Coach Holtman to present his case to the official, which is kind of the job of the official, is to listen to coaches, particularly when they miss a call or the call's controversial, which in the best assessment of that particular call, it was definitely a 50-50 call. I would say it was more of like a 90-10 call that should have gone Ohio State's way and didn't. Holtman went nuts, and the official just tossed him. But I get frustration. That official... His name is John Higgins. I totaled up John Higgins' week being a basketball official. Would you like this schedule? Would you be fresh as a daisy if you had the schedule of uh, basketball official John Higgins last night? Here's what John Higgins' week has been like. Uh, Friday he was at Stanford in Palo Alto, California. That was Saturday, rather. Saturday he was at Stanford, Palo Alto, California. Sunday he was in West Lafayette, Indiana. Monday's at Texas, Tuesday's at Kansas, Wednesday's in Iowa, Thursday's in Columbus. That's six days, 4,800 miles in six time zones. Not even a my pillow will fix John Higgins' lack of sleep on that schedule. So I get frustration. But don't get frustrated at producer Pam. You can get frustrated at the people who told you that masks work <laughs> because they don't. And you know that and you knew that. When you just put one on and went, wait a minute, there's a gap here and there's a gap here. And I go in the office and I see people's masks hanging from their rearview mirror and they put their mask in their pocket. And for something that's supposed to be keeping me from getting germs, it seems like that mask is hanging out in a lot of areas where it's acquiring a lot of germs and it's not really fitting very tight to my face. Yes, yes. They told you to wear a mask before there were studies proving that masks work. Well, now there are studies, and guess what? They prove masks do very little to preclude COVID from getting into your system. 
the studies, 11 of them peer-reviewed, the latest from the Cochrane Database of Systematic Reviews, yields the strongest science to date that refutes the basis for mask mandates worldwide. For instance, in South Korea, 60% of the population has now tested positive for COVID. After three years of constant, insistent mask wearing. Okay? 60%. This is just nuts. The uh, Cochrane study includes the work of researchers from institutions in the U.S., Canada, Great Britain, Australia, Italy, and Saudi Arabia. 78 studies analyzed. 11 were new, randomized, controlled trials. The guy who directed the study at the University of Oxford, where Rhodes Scholars attend, says wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illness, ding, 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 COVID-19, compared to not wearing masks. And yet there I was last night at the basketball game watching poor Chris Holtman get ejected And there were, like, people sitting around me with masks on. Now, I'll allow. Maybe they all had cancer and were on chemo. But I don't think so. Because some of them are people that I've worked with for years. Fear has become the binky of this society. The adult binky. Fear is the adult binky. We're fearful of everything. Most of all, our own limited mortality. (laughs) We We are petrified at the fact that we might not be able to live as long as we want to live, that something might interrupt us. Well, I have bad news for you. You can argue about the efficacy of masks. You can argue about infection rates. Here is an inarguable percentage. 100% of people will die. 100%. And you would be much better off spitting out your fear binky and living your life in a way that makes life more enjoyable for others, which has a very, very interesting boomerang effect. When you invest it in making life better for others, serving others, helping others, caring about others, praying for others, ministering to others, leading others, it boomerangs back and you actually get the affirmation, benefit, and fulfillment that so many people seek in various tail-chasing ways. Drugs, immorality, power, prominence, prestige. As King Solomon said, emptiness, all is emptiness, a chasing after the wind. Yes. Jack Windsor, our friend from the Ohio Press Network, is next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.